fatto in silenzio sicuro terminò però che è impossibile
Amen. Good morning and welcome to church. Isn't it great to be together? Praise the Lord. It's a beautiful day out there. Welcome to those of you who are joining us also online. We have been blessed this weekend with great teaching on the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Eliezer and Alan, for coming and blessing us so much. You know, Proverbs 25, 25 says that as cold waters are to a thirsty soul, so it's good news from a far country. I'd like to bless the Lord. Let's thank the Lord for, for what he's done this weekend. And we're looking for more of it. Just a couple of announcements as to what's coming up. Um, we are going to have another barbecue and fellowship time. It'll be October 2nd, 10 a.m. at Gibbons Park, and we will have a barbecue. Please register and that online or like email us or phone the church. Uh, there will be an email blast going out. So um, weather permitting, we're going to have another one more time before the season changes. We need fellowship. We need one another. We need relationship. We were created for relationship. So we'd love everyone to be able to come and join us and have some fellowship. Secondly, I want to mention we are starting a foundations course. It's not just for new believers, but it's a foundations course. And that will be starting Wednesday, October 13th, 7 p.m. in the sanctuary here. So if you're interested, please email the church or phone and we'll get your name down. So it's going to be a great, we need Bible teaching. We need good teaching. It's, it's good stuff. And not last, but um, we need to pray for our government. We have, the Bible commands us to pray for those who are over us. And we pray that God will give us godly leaders and that the church will continue to have influence and freedom in this nation. So let's pray. Amen. We also are having the Billy Graham. Will Graham is coming to London October 23rd and 4th. And there's a lot of activities. Please pray for that. We are a part of that. And we want to be. There's one church in London. And we're part of, we have, we're one congregation, but we're part of a bigger church, and we love the family of God, and we want to see people come to know Jesus. So with that, let's worship the Lord.
blessed and we thank you, God.
you, God. You inhabit the praises of your people. And you are here dwelling in our midst at this moment. You're so beautiful, Lord. Your presence is so beautiful. worship you. We love you this morning. We give you thanks for the privilege and the freedom we have in this country to, to assemble together to worship you. We don't take it for granted. Lord, we are first and foremost called to worship you. We give you so much honor and praise, and we thank you. And I thank you for all the people of God who have come this morning, those who are joining us online. Lord, may they be refreshed in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. God bless. Be seated. It's great to have you with us this morning. We have something very special this morning happening. We are ordaining Jason Harloff as an elder in this church. Praise the Lord. Let's... Jason and Deanne, you both come on up. And I'm going to call the elders and Eliezer and Alan to join me and Martin to come up. And we're going to ordain. Let's come up on the stage. I think we want to show you off. In a good way. You know, it is so important to reproduce. God's called us to be reproducers. We need the next generation to step up. We are invested and we're committed into that. And uh, Jason, uh, you've been with us an awful long time. And you have been a good student. You have worked hard. You've been uh, faithful in the ministry. And we're recognizing that. And uh, what a great time. Eliezer is our overseer. We call him an apostle, which he is. And Alan is a prophet in the ministry. And uh, we thought it'd be great. They needed to be here. And so, Eliezer, I'm just going to turn it over to you. Praise God. Um, why do we do this? Well, it's biblical, right? That's enough. We, we are a biblical church. We are a Founded upon the foundation, uh, we're built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets, and the Bible uh, explains and teaches clearly that uh, every church had uh, setting elders. You can find out in Acts 14:23 and also in the book of Titus. So we are just following the the guidelines of the Scripture, and we are recognizing the call of God upon Jason, the call to be an elder in the church, a ruling elder. Uh, we're going to pray that the anointing of the Lord and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ will come upon him. Having elders in the church is uh, for our safety because uh, there are men uh, of God that seek the Lord, seek for, for direction from the Holy Spirit, and will lead us into the path, the predestined plan that God has for this church. So um, Jason has been serving as an elder already, but uh, as we said, him in we are recognizing the call of God, and we are also calling for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon your life, Jason. And uh, of course, uh, his wife is here because she, she is uh, his main supporter and the one that is going to go with him in everything that will come them, to them. So that's why we, we call the wife together with the husband to pray for them. So we're going to pray. We're going to uh, recognize the the work of the Lord in your life, and uh, we're just going to support you also the rest of the way. So let's, let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.
Lord, we just thank you right now for Jason, this, yes, this precious family, Lord. Yes, I pray for your anointing to fall upon them, Lord. And Lord, we again, we're laying hands on something that you are already doing, Lord. We're just acknowledging it, Lord. Yes, Lord. But there's an impartation with laying on of hands. Yes, and so we impart to them yes, your blessings. Yes. We impart, impart to them your anointing. Yes, God. And we just ask you, Lord, to fill them up to overflowing. Yes, I pray God. for your wisdom to come upon Jason, Lord, yes, God. as an elder, Lord, that you would give him wisdom, yes, that you would give him guidance, that you would give him direction, Lord. And, Lord, that you would fill him up to overflowing in you, Lord. I pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon Jason and upon his entire family, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you have called him out. Yes, God. You have called him. And we thank you, Lord, that we're acknowledging that call. And so we ask you, Lord, to bless him, encourage him, strengthen him. Yes, God. Fill him up to overflowing. Yes, Lord. That your name would be glorified in his life and that he would be a blessing yes. to the church and a help to the church, Lord. So we thank you for that right now, Lord. We praise you for that, Lord. Yes, Father, we believe, O oh God, that um, the church is your work, O oh God, and you are going to establish and build up your church, O oh Lord. And God, that's why you have called uh, all of us, Lord, and especially men to lead, O oh Lord, and to have the authority, Lord, to rule over the flock of, of the Lord that he the Lord Jesus won with his own blood. So, Father, thank you for the life of Jason, and we pray, O oh God, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come upon him right now, O oh God, and that the authority that the Lord received uh, that uh, is upon him and upon all of his disciples to go and extend the kingdom of God will come upon him right now, O oh Lord. Yes. Father, we just recognize, Lord, the work of, of God in him, O oh Lord. Wow. And we believe, O oh God, that you're going to use him in a very special way, O oh God. Yes. And he will see your hand backing him up, Lord, leading him in every way, Lord, in any obstacle, O oh Lord. And Father, we know that you're building a very strong group of elders with the pastor, O oh Lord, that will lead this congregation into the new things that you have for this church, O oh God. Father, we know that you are alive, that you have plans for this church. So we bless and we uh, ordain Jason Harlow as an elder, yeah. an official elder of this church in the, in the glorious name of the Lord Jesus oh, Christ and under the authority that he, he has given to us. Uh, so we officially ordain him, Lord, before you, God, and before your church, Lord, and we believe, O oh God, that you are going to lead him, and uh, he will receive this special anointing, O oh Lord, and the authority that comes from you, Lord, to work together in the team that you are establishing here, O oh God. Father, we also pray for Diane, Lord. Yes. Father, we pray that you will also help her, O oh Lord, yes. and God, as uh, she has been very faithful, Lord, and very committed to you first, and then to her husband, and to uh, her family, and the church, O oh God, you will continue to uh, use her, Lord, and strengthen her, Lord, yes. 
and touching her life, oh God, so that she will be uh, the right companion as Jason enters into this very important responsibility in his life, oh God. Father, we also pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon her, oh God, and that she will uh, enter also into a new dimension upon wow. her life, oh God, and the, she will see the gifts of the Holy Spirit also flowing through her, oh God, to, to be the right uh, companion of her husband, Lord, all of this journey, God. So we bless them, we uh, pray for them, and we believe, oh God, that you will do much more abundantly of what we ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen. Jason, I felt the Lord is giving you the gift of wisdom. And I want you to understand, you have, you know, I felt the Lord saying that you have been dependent very much on the wisdom that you have. But the Lord says from now on, he does not want you to depend upon your wisdom, but he will impart wisdom to you that transcends natural wisdom. And so he's imparting that gift to you. And to Dion, the Lord is saying to you, I am giving you grace. You will have grace upon grace because I sense that that is what you're going to need as you both are doing the work that God has prepared for you but he's giving you an extra measure of grace. And that, that grace will help you through difficult times. That grace will help you through to understand what God is doing. And you'll have the grace and peace to do whatever the Lord has called you to do. And I think together, the Lord is going to use you together uh, as an encouragement, not just in leadership in the church, but to, to bless the people in the church and to bless the other leaders in the church, that he's going to use you to, to, to just bring blessings because that's what it's all about. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for Jason and his heart, Lord God, his heart to serve, Lord, his heart to teach, his heart for your word, his heart yes. for the young people of this church, yes. Lord, his heart for each and every person in this congregation. Father, I thank you for that, and I thank you, Lord, for Deanne, Lord, for her steadfastness, Lord, for her strength, and Lord Jesus, for the grace that she exhibits even this day. Father God, I thank you for her, uh, her, uh, just her ability, Lord, to speak truth into the life of Jason, Lord, and to even uh, sharpen him, Lord, as iron sharpens iron. Father God, I want to praise you and thank you for this family. Lord, because there is a family behind this man and this woman. And Lord Jesus, I pray your blessing on the family. I pray, Father God, that you will give Jason the wisdom to minister even to his family first, Lord God, to his wife first, and then to his children, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you'll keep that home in balance. And Lord God, that there will just be a constant glorification of you. Yes. And Lord Jesus, that there will be a, an anointing upon the family as well, Lord God, that will cause them to grow in you spiritually, to grow in you, Lord, and to spread the seeds around even their neighborhood, their neighbors, Lord God, and Lord, that you'll bring peace to that home and to that household. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus also uh, just to release in Jason, Lord, uh, just a, a strength and release in Diane a strength, Lord God, just to uh, be filled with your presence, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, it is a yes. joy to see people stepping yes. up in leadership. Yes. Lord of the harvest, yes. we need leaders. And Lord, we thank you for Jason. Yes. We pray your blessing. I pray your hedge yes. of protection around about him and Diane, yes. Deanne, and their family. Lord God, I pray, oh God, that you would give him capacity. 
and Lord, wisdom to know where the limits of those things. So Lord, he won't bite off more than he can chew, uh, but work within the limits that he has. Uh, continue to give him grace. I pray, Lord, he wouldn't be discouraged. I pray, Lord, for an increase in the anointing. And I pray, Lord, for an increase in the equipping of those he works with, that through him and through Deanne, that the kingdom would be increased. And Lord, we know this brother so well. We love him and we thank you for his life and continue to, we acknowledge it's you that calls people. We don't want anything of ourselves. We want the people that you brought. And we thank you for bringing Jason to our community of faith. Let him run strong with the grace of God. Let him mount up with wings as eagles. Let him run and not be weary. Let him walk and not faint. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The Lord gave me a vision for the, for the three of you. Okay. And I saw three different strands rising up out of the ground. And they began to entwine together. And the Lord said he's developing unity among you and it will not be broken. Amen. It'll be strong. So continue in the strength of the Lord. That, by the way, comes right out of the book of Ecclesiastes. There's two is better than one and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Amen. Amen. Well, God Amen. bless you. And we're having Eliezer come and speak to us this morning. So Eliezer, feel free. We love having you here. God bless you. And by the way, just to let you know, we've invited them back for a part two God willing, in the spring, to continue to teach us on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God bless you and enjoy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is here and God is doing wonderful things. Uh, we are entering a new territory, uncharted territory, and things are changing, and things are changing, and will not go back to what they were before. So we need to understand that we are not going back to normal. We are entering a new era in God, in a very strong preparation of the bride of Christ and the church is going to respond to the call of God and we need to move forward with God. We are not looking back, we're looking forward. Amen? Hallelujah. So forget about the past. The past is over. Uh, God has new things for all of us. God has new things for this church. Praise the Lord. So um, I want to share something that I feel is very important because when uh, the pandemic uh, hit, uh, churches were shut down and Congregation couldn't get together. And this uh, caused a lot of trouble for many, many Christians because they were used to depend only on the church service. But God says, I am not only at the church service. I am an everyday God. I am an everyday uh, Lord that I want to impact your life in a very different way. So one of the things we need to learn this time is how to connect with God in a deeper way, in a stronger way, and uh, experience his presence in a new way, praise the Lord. So I'm so glad that we can come together. I'm so glad that we can join, and fellowshipping is, is part of the, the New Testament church. But the essence of this is our communion with God. Uh, the essence of moving forward and having good fellowship 
is how well we relate with God. Because if we have a good relationship with God, then our fellowship will be more uh, flowing in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, etc., etc. And then as we deepen into our relationship with God, uh, our churches will feel stronger, will feel more united, and more power of God will come to us. So, first of all, above all things, is our relationship with God. And we know that um, God is everywhere, right? God has no limits. But one of the things that God continually tells us is to seek Him. Uh, so we're going to talk today about the path of life to His presence. And First um, Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11 says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face or His presence evermore or continually. So this is something so important for us to understand. Even God can be anywhere at any time. God is asking you to seek him. Why? Why? Because he is a God of relationship. And he wants to relate with you. He can be wherever you are in the bus, in the car, in your house, but you can be so busy doing other things, uh, chores or working or whatever, that you don't seek him. And the Bible has many, many verses, Old and New Testament, that invite us to seek the Lord. Why? Because he is a God of relationships. And he wants to relate directly to you. And as we learn how to relate with God, we will go in a very strong relationship and we will draw strength from him. We will draw everything and anything we need from our relationship with God. So I'm going to go through the Psalm 84. And here we will see um, a few verses that will talk to us about how to seek the Lord. Verses 1 and 2 of uh, this psalm says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, ever faints for the, <coughs> sorry, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Hallelujah. So what is the first thing that we need to learn and understand from to get a good relationship with God, that we have an inner compulsion. We have a cry inside. We have deep needs inside. We have anxieties. We have emptiness. We have thirst and hunger for things inside. There are so many things that are going on inside of us, and all the things that Alan was sharing about fear, and many other things that are going on inside. This psalm is starting with that, and the psalmist says, I have something very deep inside. I have a great need. Do you feel like anxiety? Do you feel loneliness? Do you feel emptiness? Do you feel thirst and hunger? Do you feel like you need something? The only thing that can satisfy that is that if you come to the presence of God. People look for drugs, alcohol, sinful things, pills, advice from professionals and things like that. 
But I can tell you one thing. Only Jesus satisfies. Only Jesus satisfies. And he wants to hear the cry of your heart. He wants to hear desperation from you. He wants to hear that you are about to faint, that you can't walk one more step because you have something very deep in your life, in your soul, that is longing for something, something special. And when God hears that, that's the first process into going deeper into the presence of God. The first thing I can tell you about this is that God knows your situation. God knows your need. And more than our natural needs to eat, to drink, to whatever, our needs inside of our soul are much bigger. And God wants to satisfy those needs. So when he's asking us to come and seek him, you need to understand God wants to satisfy you in a thorough way so that you don't need any, anything else. If you don't have Jesus, you may have everything else and not be satisfied. But if you have Jesus, you may have nothing and you are satisfied. So we need to come with this longing, with this cry in our soul. You can cry, you can shout, you can do whatever you feel in your, in your soul. Coming to God and tell him, my, my soul longs, my heart and my flesh cry to be in your tabernacle. Where is the tabernacle of God? Wherever you seek him. In any place, that's the tabernacle of God today. In the past, there was a tabernacle, but today, we only have one tabernacle, and it is wherever you want to seek the Lord. He will be there waiting for you. Verses 3 and 4 says, Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you for, forever. Selah. Next step is commitment. You need to come as these birds to the altar of God to put all your burdens on him. Once you have opened your heart and cried to God, he wants you, he invites you to put his burden, your burdens on him because he wants to take care of you. He doesn't want you to carry your burdens yourself. Jesus said, whoever is tired and heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. One of the things that we will experience when we come into his presence is that he sees all, all of our burdens, but he doesn't want us to carry our burdens. And that's very important for us to seek the Lord. Lord, I come to you. Here are all my worries. 
Here are all the things that are burning, uh, a burden to me, and I just want to drop them off to you. Cast all your burdens on the Lord. Really, bring your big bag of, of worries and say, the Lord, Lord, here it is. I can't carry this anymore. And you know what? He already knows that. When you're carrying your own burdens, you begin to lose strength, you begin to feel weak, you begin to don't want to seek the Lord. But why do you have a God if you cannot put your burdens on Him? Right? You have a God, the Lord Jesus. He invites you, cast your burdens on me. Don't carry them anymore. And then our commitment will begin to be stronger with the Lord because we feel that he cares for us. Instead of that, we will be, begin to praise the Lord. So every time you cast your burdens on the Lord, you begin to say, thank you, Jesus. I couldn't pay my rent. It's not my burden anymore. Thank you, Jesus. I feel a little bit sick, but I cast my burden on you. And I praise you, Lord. So in that way, you are exchanging burdens for praise. Then it says in the verse 5, how blessed, how blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways of Zion. I'm reading NAS. This is going to lead us into a way to the presence of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, to know him, he has been revealed in three aspects. Faith, hope, and love. So when you begin to have fellowship with God, you will experience three things. Faith, hope, and love. Whatever is not ministering to you when you are in the presence of God, faith, hope, and love, you are not connecting with God. Fear is not an avenue, it's not a highway to come to the presence of God. Faith is. And whenever you have uh, a connection with God, these three things will begin to, to be reason in your life. And you will experience faith, hope, and love. Once you have a, a established that connection with the Lord, then you will see that he will begin to minister to you. And his promises will come to you. And his love will come to you. And his hope will come to you. And you will begin to change all that attitude of desperation for an attitude of hope. And say, God, yes. In you, everything is possible. God, yes. You will never leave me not forsaking. Forsake me. Uh, you, your love is everlasting. And all these things will begin to come to you as you are ministering in the presence of God because there is communication. You cast your burdens, you praise Him, and then you begin to connect with Him through faith, hope, and love. And you are, are changing already there because God wants to show you how much He loves you. The love of God is manifested every time we seek Him. Then... In verse 6, this psalm says, Passing through the valley of Baca, which means weeping, 
They make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. We many times have to go through the valley of weeping or sorrows. But the idea here is that we need to go through it to change it into a blessing. And there is another exchange here that's going to happen when you seek the Lord. He will exchange your weeping, your sadness, your sorrow for comfort. He wants to comfort you. And you know, it is very good to cry before the Lord. It is very good if you cry before the Lord. Because when you cry, you are emptying everything. Crying or weeping is an exercise that we need to do before the Lord because that empties our soul from wrong emotions. When you don't cry, when you try to keep everything inside and you don't express that sorrow in you to the Lord, you are uh, creating some bitterness, creating some wrong emotions in your life. Or when you cry and you totally open to the Lord and say, Lord, this is me. Well, God will exchange that sorrow for comfort. When Jesus went to see Lazarus that had already died, and he saw Mary and Martha and the Jews weeping, what did he do? Did he rebuke him? No. The shortest verse in the whole scripture says Jesus wept. And he wept together with them. He felt compassion and he moved forward into the resurrection. So when you weep, when you go through the valley of Baca, the valley of sorrow, Jesus weeps with you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something beautiful? That when you're crying and, and uh, expelling all of those emotions inside of you, he's also weeping with you? For what? So that you may feel identification with God in your trials. And he will be with you. And he will comfort you in your sorrows when you are expressing those sorrows before the Lord. Now, not only uh, the exercise of weeping is important for us before the Lord to receive his comfort. It, here he speaks about other blessings that will come from heaven. And where are these blessings that come from heaven? Real friends that had gone before you through the valley of sorrow and have been comforted, and now they are able to comfort you. You know, God will bring friends, God will bring people that will not criticize you, that will not judge you, that will not speak against you, that will not tell you, ah, oh, stop your crying. No, 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 no. They will bring people to you that will understand your, what you're going through, and they will love you, and they will put an arm over you, and they will tell you, I know what you're going through, but you will go through this. And you will have victory. As we were singing a while ago, we will have victory because we receive the comfort of the Lord and also the comfort of those true friends that are going to bless us because they have gone through the same path, the same path before us. Verse 7 now says, They go from strength to strength. Every one of them appear before the God of Zion. Going from strength to strength 
is the process of coming continually into the presence of God. Every time we come to the presence of God, new strength is coming to us. So if you make that your daily devotional to come to the presence of God, then you will see that you are changing from strength to strength. You will not be that weak person that started the, the psalm, but now you feel the strength of the Lord coming to you, and then your attitude and your vision of things is changing because you are being in the presence of God. And when you are in the presence of God, the way we see things changes, and then we see the things not as a defeat, not as a problem, not as an obstacle, but as an opportunity to manifest the power of God in our lives. So we will go from strength to strength. Seeking the Lord is the source of strength for us. We all go through trials. And I would say we that have been called to lead and to shepherd and to oversee and whatever, we not only have to go through obstacles in a personal way, churches, people need help. And sometimes the burden is so hard. And the things and the difficulties are attacking in many directions, in many fronts. But where is our strength? Our strength is in the Lord. And as we seek Him, we come stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And it is not us, it's the strength of the Lord. It's the strength of the Lord that uh, gives us this. And we will uh, continue growing in strength. And that's the way we are transformed. The more we are in the presence of God, the more we are transformed. We see our problems no more as our problems, but we see our problems as a, a challenge and a victory that is coming before the Lord. Verses 8 and 9 says, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Shelah. Behold our shield, O God and look upon the face of your anointed. Here we see a process that will take us into a deeper relationship with God. First, it says, God of hosts, God of the universe, God of the angels, God of everything. Then he says, God of Jacob. He's concentrating the great God of the universe into a national God the God of Jacob, the God of Israel. But then he says, the God of your anointed, yourself. And you have to come to the position and to the relationship where you see God as your God. Many times that I've been going through tough times, I say to God, you are my God. I don't, I don't know about many other things. I don't know about how much I know about the Bible or not. But one thing I know. You are my God. And it's because of that that I can just focus on you and I can just uh, shut out everything that is trying to disturb me, that is trying to take me away, that is trying to discourage me or, or depress me or whatever, or even the Satan. I don't want to do anything with him because you are my God. 
Many times we don't have that personal God. We always think about God, the God of the universe. Some people say, well, I don't know if God, if God is going to hear my prayer because he must be so busy. So many problems, national problems in the churches, in the countries, people that have a lot more problems than I do in China, in India, in Afghanistan, everywhere. Is, it God gonna, is, my, is God going to hear me? Yes. Is it your God? Yes. And you have to come to this concentration to know that God is there only for you. You need to think it that way. God is my God. And then you will receive that power, that anointing, that strength, that security that you need to move forward in the things of God. And you will go deeper with him because you will don't care about what the rest of the world going through. You will go into a deeper relationship with him. And this will give you a new heart. This will give you a new vision, so you can be ministering to others because you know that God is your God. And finally, verses 10 to 12, it says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, the Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly, O God of hosts. How blessed is the man who trusts you. And that is showing how great, how majestic, how wonderful is God compared to the rest of the things of the world. One day in your courts is much better than a thousand years everywhere elsewhere. I would rather be at the threshold, at the entrance, just my toes entering into the presence of God. That is much, much, much better than spending my time doing any other thing. And God ministers here three things. For your spirit, he is sun and a shield. For your soul, he will give you grace and glory. And for your body, he will give you good and blessings just because you have learned to be in communion, to be in fellowship with your God. This must be our daily uh, service to God, to commune with him, to have fellowship with him, to go deep with him. He will transform us and he will make us good witnesses that God is real. Hallelujah.
that you will always lend your ear to us, God. Thank you for your intimacy, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness to your people. You never fail. You never turn your face and hide from us, God. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way for us to know our Father, to enter into his presence boldly. Thank you that there's no fear in you, Lord. We love you, Lord. I just encourage you here today, if you want to sing along, feel free to sing along. But if any of you were moved by what was spoken today and there's a burden that's heavy on you, I encourage you to just speak that up to the Lord and express it to him in this place if you feel comfortable. Whether that's through you know, heavenly languages or your own language. But just take this opportunity to meditate on what's been spoken. That the Lord is our safe haven. That he wants to hear from us. And that he'll comfort us and meet us as we give ourselves to him.
thank you that you are with us. Many of us are in places of heartache and brokenness and weakness. In that place, Lord, we make our tabernacle. In that place, we make our offering. In that place, Lord, we turn our eyes to you. We cannot carry the burdens that we carry. You never designed us to. We come to you, O God, not with fear, but with confidence in who you are. And Lord, I thank you that you're the God of all comfort and grace and hope. May you comfort us so that we may comfort others with the comfort where we ourselves have been comforted by you. This morning, Lord, there's many people that are hurting. There's many people that are sick. People are bereaved and grieving. People are going through trials. Oh God, we pray for them. They are not alone. First and foremost, your spirit is with them. They have your word, but Lord, they have the body of Jesus. And we pray for our beloved brethren, those people who belong to our congregation, those who are hurting, those who are ill. Oh God, would your spirit of grace be poured out on them. Strengthen them by faith within. Lord, let them know and even have joy in the midst of suffering that you have a purpose, that you are with them, and that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. We love you this morning, Lord. And Lord, extend your healing hand. We believe that you're the God who heals today, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we are so grateful for that, God. Lord, send forth your word and heal them. We love you and bless you this morning. We pray for our government. We are in the midst of a, a big election. Regardless of who wins, we are committed to pray for our government. It's a spiritual thing in the church. You've called the church to be salt and light. Lord, this is our time to rise up. This is our time to pray. But God, the results are with you, Father God. And we pray for our government that you'll put in those whom you want. And we pray for the salvation of those who are elected, Father God. And Father God, may the church still have influence in society. May the church, Father God, be a light in a dark and a perverse generation. Lord, we are not of this world, but we are in this world to bring the light of Jesus Christ, to be salt and light to those who are lost. May we never lose sight of our mission. We love you, O oh God, this morning. We surrender to you, and we cry out for our nation. Bring us back to righteousness. I pray for nothing less than a national revival, but start in this place. Start with us, O oh God. May we turn from sin and trust you, O oh God. May we repent. May we be holy, Father God. May we walk in righteousness. May we walk in ways that please you. The Bible says that we are to walk worthy of the calling wherewith we have been called, O oh God. Would you reveal to us those areas of our attitudes and lifestyles and heart that do not please you so we can walk worthy? It's all by grace. We know we don't earn anything. But your grace empowers us to holiness. You've called us to a holy life. We thank you, O oh God, and comfort those who mourn in this place and encourage and strengthen them. And Lord, this is going to be a great week. This is going to be a great week. We love and we commit this to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming this morning. What a joy. Wow. I have to tell you, a few months ago, we were gathering here with only 10 people. And just to see this place filled gives me so much joy. 
We love you. You're our family. You're important. Go this week with the grace of God, and we will see you, God willing, next week. Bless you all. Fire